Arizona Boomer Radio brings you Straight Down the Middle, Arizona's only Internet golf show. Straight Down the Middle is produced by the Boomer and the Baby Incorporated in partnership with GolfMix.com. GolfMix is your place to read course reviews written by recreational golfers just like you. Learn about the course you're going to play. Check out GolfMix before your next round. Now it's time to hit it straight down the middle. Four! Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a wee, wee bit. That's when McCaddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has never been found to this day. But it went straight down the middle, like they say. Whack down the fairway. It went smack down the fairway. Then it started to slice just a smidge off line. It headed for two, but it bounced off nine. My caddy says, long as you're still in the state, you're okay. It went straight down the middle, flying away. And this is Straight Down the Middle, coming to you from the Grandview Golf Club in Sun City, West Arizona today, where we are doing a remote. And we are here for the LPGA Legends Qualifier and Practice Round. A bunch of very famous LPGA ladies here are to play golf and have a great weekend, and we're looking forward to being here for that. On the line, I believe I have Kirk Getzinger and John Bloom, our co co host with me and uh, are, you, are you both there guys i am pete good morning how's, how's everything out there at grandview today well it's uh it's it's cold but it's not frost and no snow and they gave me a nice heater to sit under so uh, yeah i'm cozy <laughs> i'm i'm glad to hear that uh, if you're outdoors that's a good thing you got a little heat by you i know you've You've been through some cold weather. I know Kirk and I have as well. Uh, so I'm okay with this because, you know, all you need to do to make yourself feel better is go look at the weekend forecast when you know it's going to be back in the in the 60s and sunny and uh, and back to normal. I, it is uh, it's quite a week for golf, though. You're out there in Sun City. we got the top 64 uh, or almost uh, down in uh, Marana. And uh, and I believe the uh, Symmetra Tour over at Longbow this weekend as well. So uh, quite a... Quite a golf mecca we have here on our hands. Well, we do have quite a golf mecca going on this weekend. And, then, and now my question is, uh, after this weekend, does everything just kind of stop and all of a sudden we're into uh, uh, golf withdrawal for, <laughs> for all these events? No, well, no. I mean, I, I think uh, I think the great news is that they'll keep on coming. Uh, you know, you're going to start to get uh, – Gateway Tour getting going, obviously, but you're also going to have the uh, LPGA Founders Cup coming up right around the corner at Wildfire. So uh, still right. a lot of great events. And plus, you know, I think there's so much crossover. Pete and Kirk, you can, uh, you can echo this, but we got Cactus League starting up. And, I mean, when people are coming down here to watch spring training baseball, who doesn't want to get around to golf in, too? And and so the it may not be watching golf, but it's going to be all about playing the great golf courses we have out here for the next month or so. 
Yeah, you know, that's the thing, John. When when March hits out here and the, the first baseball games uh, kick off and uh, you have so many people in for that, and they're here not just for the baseball, but they're here for the golf, and so the courses really start filling up. Uh, you know, pretty much we're sure the best weather of the year is always always in March and, and April out here, so it makes it a perfect time to go out and, and tee it up. The courses obviously are more, more crowded this time of year, but... Uh, it's, this is this is what it's all about living out here. Well, it certainly is, and I, and it, the, the the weather all this uh, this season so far has been absolutely spectacular. And for have one day of snow in moderately lowlands, uh, as it was in uh, in Tucson, if that's the only one that we have to suffer for this time of year uh, this year, that's been a great golf season. I, you know, Pete. Yesterday, seeing what we what we did see on television in Tucson and and around here as well. I mean, it gave a whole new meaning to the, the phrase "avoiding the dreaded snowman on the golf course." Right? I mean, uh, you know, you, you, usually that's just a result of my first tee shot going OB. But uh, yesterday was a little little different sight out there. That's for sure. Well, I I gotta believe you, Kirk, having spent uh, decades in the uh, Detroit metropolitan area had built a snowman or two on a, on a golf course. That's had to have happened, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, that, that, that definitely happened, uh, John. Out at, uh, out, out, out at Western, there were many, many winters spent, uh, you know, uh, bu- building the snowman and on the, on the sleds or whatever on the golf course. Not, at, not hitting too many golf shots there in, in January, but, uh, but uh, using it for the wintertime activities as well. But uh, it did, it, yesterday did remind me, and I, I throw it out to you guys. Have, have you guys ever been on a golf course where it actually has been snowing one day? I, I have, as a matter of fact. Back in Michigan, when I lived in Michigan many years ago, and I was a young kid, and I was just antsy, and I couldn't get out to play golf soon enough. And the first hint of a of a, a warming spell or a little bit of a thaw, I would be out looking for a place to play, and there would be snow on the course, and then it would get cold sometimes, and and actually start coming down. I mean, I've hit my I've hit my shot as a player as it lies kind of a person. I've hit my shot many times out of a uh, out of a little bit of snow and ice that was hanging around in a shaded area uh, on the golf course. Now I shouldn't have hit it into the shaded area, but that's another story. <laughs> I, I I have a few stories, but uh, you know, I'm a self you know admitted golf lunatic. So to, to get into situations where you're playing golf in 30 degree weather is just ridiculous. I don't know why anybody would do it, but I've done it. I'm guilty. Uh, and a couple times in Michigan, I got snowed on, and there was some snow on the sides, you know, of the holes, but nothing uh, on the greens or keeping you from from playing your game, which was nice. Uh, and then I actually got snowed on down at Atlanta uh, when I was covering Michigan State in a, their trip to the Final Four back in, I think it was 99 or 2000, and, and uh, went out and snuck out to play around the golf and got snowed on in Atlanta, which is pretty unlikely. But I will say this. I don't remember ever seeing, and maybe it's because we're now living in the days of Twitter and social media and pictures are getting shared faster than ever, but I don't remember ever seeing uh, images like I did yesterday, whether it was up uh, at Marana uh, or down at Marana, it's just weird saying down, but the, with the elevation at Dove Mountain, 
Uh, and what the what they were doing there with the caddies having snowball fights, I don't remember seeing anything like that in a golf tournament on the PGA Tour. And I know that uh, Aaron Oberholzer and I did a, a broadcast last night, and Aaron brought up the stat that said only four tournaments in the history of the PGA Tour have been suspended by snow. And uh, two of the last uh, three years it's happened here at Dove Mountain Golf Club. So, uh, and, and all four, I guess, have been in Arizona. So maybe we're learning something. And so what I'm dreading out of this, I thought it was really interesting. And they're going to play all the t- the entire match play without a doubt. They're not going to have much of an issue getting those holes in because it's a 64-player field that gets trimmed you know, each round. But uh, I think that you know what's fascinating to me is th- this could be further motivation for the tour to move that event. And, and I, that would be a shame. I, I don't want to see that event leave Arizona. And I know that golf fans listening uh, have to agree with that. Yeah, let me ask you, um, you mentioned Aaron. Uh, he's a transplant in Arizona, and, and for that reason, we like to kind of keep tabs on him. How's, how was he uh, doing after, uh, after L.A.? How did, he, how did he fare? Was his arm okay? Uh, uh, give us a little report on uh, Mr. Oberholzer. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not great news from the health standpoint. Uh, the arm started hurting uh, significantly as he got towards uh, the back nine on his first day on Thursday. And, uh, you know, he had been playing okay and hanging in there, and then uh, it just started throbbing on him, and, and uh, he found that, you know, he completely lost his strength and ability to advance the ball where he needed to advance it out of the rough there. And, you know, it, it kind of was a, it was a big eye-opener, just because he had felt really, you know, better about his game and the way he was playing here, but it's so tough to simulate what the action's actually like on tour. And uh, and I think most golfers could probably imagine that because you go and you play your course and then you also go watch a golf tournament and you can see the conditions are, are significantly different. But, uh, you know, for him now, he's, he's going to try some new things. He's going to get some lighter shafts put in uh, by a company that's based out here called uh, KBS. And, um, you know, he's hopeful that that will help. Uh, with his strength and, and the move that he's making. And, you know, he's not giving up. Uh, it's It's been so tough for him these last, uh, you know, four or five years, and, and it's been such a grind since his, uh, since he reached kind of the, the pinnacle for his career. And uh, and he's, uh, you know, he's he's a fighter. I, I've known that about him for 20 years, and, and uh, so so I'm not surprised that he's not giving up and he's got a lot of good people around him to, to help, you know, be his, uh, his base. So, uh, I'm excited that, that we still have him here to, to, you know, be involved with golf mix and and uh, and doing a lot of the things that we're doing out there. So uh, that's the the bonus for us is that with him not traveling on tour, he's not going to be out the Honda next week. I don't think. Um, you know, we'll get to do a little bit more with him here. Well, what is uh, what is an update on golf mix? I know you've got uh, a lot of things going on. So why don't you give us, you guys, give me an update on uh, on what's happening with uh, golfmix.com. Well, based on the, the huge popularity of the Straight Down the Middle show, uh, we came to the conclusion that we should probably start providing some content ourselves on a regular basis. Uh, and we can't wait to have uh, Pete Peters, by the way, fire up the webcam and join us on uh, Talk the Tour. That's that's the latest thing we've added, and we're doing it on Wednesday nights. It's Aaron, uh, you know, wherever he is. If he's traveling and playing on tour like he was last week, uh, getting ready for Riviera, then we get a great insight on what the golf course is like and how it's set up for the weekend. Uh, and when he's back in town, we still get his, uh, you know, analysis on the tour, which is great. And, and he spent a lot of time going back and forth with the golf channel lately. And, 
You know, he's, he's got the chops for it, and eventually he'll probably be doing that for a living. Uh, and so that's been a lot of fun for me and him to get back at it. We've been doing shows for, uh, let's see, it's been about 15 years now. So, uh, and we've had a little bit of a break in between it. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to be back doing that. That's Wednesday nights at 8.30, and you can see the link right on golfix.com. And we, uh, we always put it on our Facebook page, too, which is easy to find us. It's just facebook.com backslash golfmix. Uh, and, uh, you know, other than that, we're just building up towards, uh, you know, this weekend here at, at the Match Play Championship. We're going to be filming some video for the Conquistadors down there uh, in Tucson. That's a group, uh, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, some similarities to, to the Thunderbirds and what they do for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. The Conquistadors have always been involved in the golf tournaments in Tucson, uh, you know, back in the day in the Tucson Open. And then now, uh, since the Match Play's been there, they've, they've played a huge role in, in making that event successful. Uh, and, uh, and, they, and one of the biggest things they do, uh, just like we talked about with the Thunderbirds, is they raise a lot of money for charity. And so we're going to be focusing on that uh, and kind of the effects that the Conquistadors have in the, uh, in the community down in the old Pueblo. So I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Uh, and, uh, and we'll have some of that up on Golf Mix as well. Uh, and then as far as just the, uh, the everyday opportunities that, that you have, we've gotten a ton of new reviews coming in uh, since the Phoenix Open. The traffic's been great on the, on the site. Uh, we've been giving away a lot of prizes, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, we're looking forward to introducing a couple new partnerships with the Phoenix Coyotes that we're going to be having here shortly, and also with the LPGA Founders Cup, which, which is uh, you know, a, a longstanding partnership. Uh, with, with some enhancements. We're going to be doing some of the spree casting like we do with Darren on Wednesday nights. We're going to do live from uh, Wildfire Golf Club during the week of the tournament. So uh, that's that's kind of a, a long version of, of the update, Pete, but uh, sometimes you get more than you bargain for. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, I don't know if uh, if Ned's online. She's, uh, she's kind of producing this thing from back at the, uh, back at the office uh, studio. And I'm wondering if our guest for today is in, uh, if Nancy Collins is in. Uh, I'm uh, hoping that she can uh, let us talk to her and hook us up if she is uh, anytime that she shows up. So uh, we missed her last week, and geez, I hope we don't miss her again this week. She's got a great little thing going there, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll wait to see if, if she comes in. So uh, that being said, uh, what's, uh, what's next on uh on your agenda, Kirk, I mean, I know you're out there uh, uh, working at TPC now after the event. Is it, uh, is it still in tournament-ready tournament, tournament ready condition? Yeah, it, 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 it sure is, Pete. And uh, this, you know, this is the time of year where the, the tee sheet starts to fill up every day over there. Um, people from all, you know, all parts of the globe come, coming here to, to Arizona to enjoy to uh, enjoy the course, and this is a real great time to be out there playing it when it's, you know, literally still just a couple of weeks after the tournament, and it's basically still in tournament condition, and you're playing, uh, playing it just the way the pros did a few a few weeks ago. I I just like to kind of echo on one thing that John said about our golf mix, and after being out there at our at our booths at the Expo tent during the Phoenix Open, and uh, meeting some people at Golf Fest as well, we have really seen a lot of people coming to Golf Mix to get involved in the site, talk about their favorite courses, and learn about what is on the, on Golf Mix as well. And it's really been uh, been gratifying to see that, and we really appreciate the the interest that the people we've met with have, have shown towards Golf Mix and their increasing involvement. And we're, just, we're trying to build on that and, and 
get, uh, have more and more people get involved to provide that, that kind of great resource for golfers. So it's really been a, a thrilling time for that, and now we want to take advantage of that in this next month when we do have so many people in Arizona on, on a vacation, spring breaks, whatever it is, to come out to uh, come out and play golf courses and, and talk about it. I just noticed there this week I was over there on on uh, on, on Monday and uh, a lot of families there this week, a lot of youngsters playing, and that's a, that's always a great thing to see. Well, well, it is, and anytime we can get uh, the, the younger folks involved and have them involved in golf, that uh, that bodes well for the future, and that's uh, that's what we're all trying to do here is is uh, promote the game and make sure that uh, it, it continues to grow because uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people that uh, uh, will have a great time when they start to play it. No well, that's a lot of, yeah, you know, that's a lot about, Pete, how, it, you know, when if, if you're on a family vacation and you've got a place where you can take the kids out to play golf, it's a lot of how you get, you get uh, kids started and interested in the game. That's how most of us... You know, I had the opportunity to learn the game through, um, you know, through our parents or, or um, maybe some friends as well, and you get comfortable with it at that age, and you're in a comfortable setting, so that you can take it on and take it on as part of your life going forward. Uh, along along those lines, I thought I'd, I'd maybe uh, drop a little uh, exciting news for uh, the growth of golf. Uh, something that I'm excited about, and I know. Uh, Kirk shares uh, the enthusiasm for this. We've been involved with a, a group called Snag Golf uh, in the past, um, and uh, for those who don't know it, it stands for it's it's S N A G stands for Starting New at Golf, and it's using um, you know really cool equipment for kids, but also uh, you know grownups uh, can use it too. Oversized clubs with uh, basically Velcro tennis balls that stick to targets, and uh, a little bit of a different twist on the game. Anyway, the news is that uh, Jack Nicholas is uh, really um, you know made his partnership with them stronger and uh, are putting them in a, a little bit of a, a bigger light and, and uh, going to try to get this a little more mainstream, which I think is great. And while, while I know it's different than, you know, the traditional, let me take my, my son or daughter out to the range and have them beat balls, which I also think is great, or play mini golf or do the other things that are related to the game. The reason why I'm such a big fan of this is because anybody who gets in front of this thing can actually feel success. Because you're going to make contact with the ball, and you're going to get that successful feeling, and, and and I think that's so imperative, and it's fun, and that's the other imperative part of it. Let's make it fun. Let's give them a chance to succeed, and then we're going to get a lot more people embracing this game. When you really think about the uh, the positives that come with golf, the list is way too long. I mean, uh, to talk about all the other uh, playing this game can have on you as a person. So uh, you know, and, and the lack of the injuries yeah, and stuff absolutely. with other sports. Uh, so. That's uh, that's my soapbox for today. No, I you know, John, golf golf was once explained to me as a game where you set a, a ball that's a, an inch and a half in diameter on a ball that's eight thousand miles in diameter and the object is to hit the smaller ball. And so for someone picking up the game for the first time, that kind of describes the uh the, the difficulty of a challenge that you face face and the people that you know, with snag and the equipment that they've come up with Kind of, kind of turns that on its ear a little bit and gives kids that feeling of success that you really, you really need because it's like anything in life. If the first couple of times you do it, you're not having fun with it, you're, you're not in, you're not feeling the success from it, you're not, you're not feeling what you're trying to accomplish. 
uh, you're, you're going to lose interest quickly. And so I think it's a great approach that they've taken to uh, get kids involved and then take it from there to actual golf equipment and actual golf balls and start uh, start playing the game that way. Well, speaking of golf equipment, uh, I know that I had a conversation with Aaron when we were out there at the, uh, the 16th doing the, the all-day golf marathon, try to beat the pro. Uh, the Wednesday prior to the start of the uh, the week for for the uh, the Open at TPC, and we were talking about being able to buy a game. And I think uh, Kirk, last week you and I had a little bit of a conversation about that. Um, what uh, what is your feeling, Kirk? I know we we've, we've touched on this, but as far as the equipment is concerned, what is your feeling with regard to anchoring the putter? Well. Here's my thoughts on it, on it, Pete. Um, it's been going on in golf for decades. And I think the idea of coming out now in 2013, or actually the rule will be in place in 2016, to, to ban anchoring for and basically any type of a competitive event. I mean, if, you, if you're going to play by the USGA rules, you can't anchor the putter. So it's not just a question of, on the PGA Tour, it's a question if, you, if your local league plays by USGA rules, you can't anchor the putter. I, I think that's a mistake. I think that if you've, let, if you've let this be part of the game for this long, to all of a sudden wake up in 2013 and say it's not a good idea, I think, it, I think you've left the, you, you know, the horse has been out of the barn for too long. They could have done this 20 or 30 years ago. They could have done it back when Rocco Mediate was you know, winning Doral with a bring stick. There's 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 pictures that I mean you know or- Orville Moody was doing it prior to that, and I, I think at this point in in the game of golf where we're trying to do everything we can to make it more inclusive, to bring people into the game and keep it more fun, at least at the level of the you know the amateur player and the play the, the weekend golf league player to say you can't do that I think it's a mistake if the if the PGA Tour or you know, or, or the USDA for their competitions wants to enact a rule banning anchoring. That's a totally that's a totally different story. But and you know that that's that's kind of for them to them to decide. That that that's their rules of competition. But for the average player, you know, first of all, I, I don't think you know if, if it's a more comfortable way for someone to putt. Fine. If, if if it's not, I've I've tried it personally. I it doesn't work for me. Okay, I know people who have tried it and it does. But if it was the panacea to making all your putts, everybody would be doing it. So it's clearly not. So I, I think the idea of banning the anchoring putter for the amateur player, just to give a casual amateur player, is is a mistake. And I would let you know let the PGA Tour and so forth take it up on their on their their end what they feel is right. But uh, I, I think the approach that they've taken is wrong. I uh, I couldn't agree more with. Uh... With Kirk, uh, I think there's a major distinction uh, between the PGA Tour and, and even, you know, to a certain extent, you want to talk about the, uh, you know, the the other governing bodies of professional golf. Uh, that's their game. That's not our game. Uh, it's not going to be our game. So if they want to make their rules a certain way, then that's their prerogative. I, I mean, to me, I, I'm going to watch that game and appreciate it, but that, that's a different game than I'm playing. I'm not going to go play in tournaments that are governed by the PGA Tour because I don't have the skills for that. So uh, I, I think, uh, you know, for the for the everyday player, it's ridiculous to limit 
their ability to succeed in this game. And it goes back to what we just talked about with kids. And that's not just about kids. That's about guys who are just, you know, intimidated to take this game up. They never had a chance. They were too busy. They were working and doing other things, and they, they didn't have an opportunity. Now they're 45, and they look at their friends, and they say, that looks like fun. Let me give it a shot. Well, how many of those guys, you know, can even figure out all the rules, let alone decide, you know, whether or not they're going to follow them? Uh, and at this point, I think we have to simplify what we're doing rules-wise in golf more than add new ones. Uh, and that's golf for us. That's golf for the, the majority of, of the population, the people that uh, just play because they love the game, not the people that are playing for a living. So uh, I, I think there is a huge distinction there. I hope that we can figure it out. I hope there's enough rational people uh, at the USGA and the RNA, and, um, you know, but, but I doubt it because in the past we've seen silly things like this happen. And, and I think we've, we've still gone in kind of a misdirected manner uh, in, in our governing bodies in this sport for, for a little while. Well, Chad, well, I think also, this kind of smacks also of uh, back in the day when they were talking about the square groups uh, in, in, on the pink clubs. Uh, they, they, I don't know that it makes a heck of a lot of difference for, for a handicapper of, of, of my ilk. I mean, sure, the pros can spin them and they can do this and that and the other thing, but how many of us can really do that? With those pink clubs as they were. No, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't at all, Pete. In fact, you know, just a couple of years ago, they enacted another rule that said, you know, you have to have certain kind of grooves in your irons, or you cannot compete in in USGA events and even in, in amateur events. And you know, I I bought a new set of irons recently that uh, conform with those rules. You know, I I can't tell any difference. There's no way. You know, I mean, it's just it's so infinitesimal that there's no way. And I just think that, um, you know, they. I, I watched a show. I watched a, a show one time. One of the guys from USGA was on trying to talk about the, the new anchoring rule and trying to explain the difference. Well, if you've got the arm positioned here and you don't have your arm braced against this, and it's like John says, they're trying to turn the rules of golf into the tax code. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. You know. Make the game easy for people to play at the regular amateur level. Whatever rules you want to adapt for the professionals and the and the you know the people that play this game for a living, you know that's a totally different setup. But we're trying to get golfers back into the game, golfers that have left the game because it's either too complex, too time consuming, or they're just not having fun with it. And you do things like this, and it, it, it just alienates people. And I just. Uh, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, if they wanted to ban anchoring, they should have done it 40 years ago when they first saw it happening. But when you've left it as part of the game for this long, and now all of a sudden they say, well, I'm sorry, guys, no more. I mean, think about all the other equipment things that have been put into the game in the last 40 years. 460 cc drivers, golf balls that go 40 yards further than, balls, than the Opal Auto balls that we used to play with. All that's been allowed as part of the game. And they won't allow it, and they won't allow you to anchor the putter into your belly. I mean, it's it's crazy to me. It just is. Yeah, I, I I'd have to agree with that. I mean, there's so, there's so many other things when you start talking about spring effects on club faces and and uh, all that type of thing too that uh, probably have a whole heck of a lot more influence. And uh, how you know ball flights and, uh, and extra yardage with golf balls have a lot more influence on the game than an anchor putter. Yeah, I mean, but the, the bottom line is it's like uh, the, the folks at the USGA need something to do with their time because this, they, they don't believe that this game that's, te- that's stood the test of time uh, is good enough or is, or is you know, being 
done properly. Listen, how many people out there could actually know 80% of the rules in golf? I mean, I, to me, the, the people who know 80% are all people who are employed in golf, you know, or, or are rules officials on the side, or, you know, we're playing at a high level for, for you know, years and years, so they were playing in a lot of events. It is one of those deals that I remember my first exposure to the rules of golf as a, as a member of the high school team at San Mateo High with Aaron. Uh, you know, every every lunchtime we were grilled because our our coach was a you know he's a drill sergeant. He was a football coach, he was a Spanish teacher, and he was the golf coach. And and he kind of mixed them all together. And, and along with a military background, that's how he ended up. And uh, and it was fascinating to me because he would get us in front of the of the team in, in the classroom, and we'd have to recite rules. And I was like, what other sport could I ever play where this would be happening? You know, I mean, this is, it's bizarre in some cases, but it's also part of what makes golf golf, right? Uh, right. Now, do we need do we need to muddy the waters more? I, I just don't think so. And, and I think that, you know, again, uh, I'm with you, Kirk. I love the passion. And what's fascinating about the passion here is that neither of us even use an acre putter, but we don't <laughs> think that it should be outlawed, you know? And unfortunately, maybe we're not losing a lot of money to guys who use them either. One of my one of my best friends uses the belly putter, okay? And I'm still able to beat him occasionally. So I know it's not just that, okay? There's there's a lot more to the game than that. Now maybe if my all my friends go to the belly putter and they start drubbing me on a regular basis, you know, I'll feel differently about this whole thing. But but no, it's just it's it's it, 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 it's nonsense. And it, it's like you say about the rules. I mean you know, you know, I work as a as a walking scorer a couple of days during the during the Phoenix Open, and part of that, part of that responsibility is when when rules issues come up, you know, you get on the radio and you call and you call the rules official out to wherever you are on the course. Well, I, I mean, and you know, Aaron certainly has seen this firsthand in many many occasions. If, if there's any question at all, I mean, if it's even close. You're on the. You're contacting a rules official to come out there in situations that you or I would probably see as an amateur player and think, well, this this is what you should do. And I understand they can't take a chance because they could get disqualified and all that kind of stuff. But the the, the fine lines that get drawn on some of these things in the rules of golf, they you know they're not even sure a lot of the times what the right thing to do is, so they can't take the chance. And that's, in a lot of ways, that's what the rules of golf have become, and I just see this as another extension of that. Well, guys, I think what we're going to do now, uh, seeing as I, Deborah's not, uh, Deborah's not indicated that our guest is here, and I have to apologize that she's she's not. I want to, uh, I want to uh, hope that all of the people that are listening to this, wherever they might be, um, I want to turn back, tune back in at. Uh, at uh, 10 o'clock or a little after, we're going to have a second version of this for the next couple of hours uh, from uh, over here at the LPGA Legends event in Sun City, West Arizona. Uh, as you said, Kirk, a lot of big names uh, here, uh, so I uh, hope to have a few of them on that we can, we can talk to and visit with. So please come back uh, as of this moment. I think we're going to have to say goodbye and uh, See what happened to our uh, our Nancy Powell's with Sassy Golf. It's a shame she's not here because she's got a great program, and I just uh, I hope she's well. So all all that having been said, I I think uh, Deborah, if you're there uh, back in the studio, why don't you go ahead and uh, hit the hit the close button? And I want to thank uh, Kirk and John for uh, for being with me today, and uh, we'll be back again next week. 
So uh, have a great time and, and come back uh, after 10 o'clock and see what's going on here at the LPGA Legends. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you come back. Thanks, Pete. Good Thanks, luck out there this weekend.